Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here today with Rob Iman. Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. And we are here to discuss, Rob, your sermon from this past Sunday, Jesus, the Light of the World, from John chapter 9. Yes, indeed. Yes. And I have to say, Rob, I really did like the way you started your sermon, just Mm -hmm. calling us back to the previous week and Brentley's sermon and the questions that he asked at the end, or in the sermon, which was, how well do I listen to Jesus? Yeah, that's a challenge for me because I, you know, his words, Jesus's words are commonplace, right? I mean, we hear them all the time. How well do I really listen to him? Mm-hmm. So it's, it really was. I, I wasn't making that up. That thing was coming back every day to my, my mind as I open the scriptures and think about the sermon or as I open the scriptures and think about devotional stuff. And it just was, am I listening to Jesus in a way that connects with who I am? I, I, I said something specific in the sermon about uh, how we are obedient to Jesus within our own life context. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that's an important thing to me because I'm not a, I'm not a single itinerant preacher, you know, um, mm-hmm. I've got a family, I've got people responsible. I'm, I'm in the 21st century, uh, mm-hmm. which is totally different than what Jesus was. And so what does it mean to apply it? That's where the listening comes in, right? It's where we have to listen all the more to hear what Jesus is saying to me today and to us today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think um, the, the, the thing um, that is hitting me this year, I guess, as mm-hmm. I'm studying Matthew in my Bible study fellowship group, as we're going through John um, on Sunday mornings, I, uh, it's been an interesting um, kind of marriage of different perspectives. And one of the things that has really hit me, which is true about this as well, is how Jesus completely upends our assumptions and our beliefs. And you think it's, yeah, are you thinking of something specific there? Well, I am because um, here he is um, confronted at the beginning of chapter nine with, um, with this question from his disciples. Well, who sinned? this man or his parents that he was born blind. Uh, yeah. the, the, those were the only two assumptions right there. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no option. There was no other, they, they didn't offer a third option or a fourth option, or, you know, could it just been because of the fall of, of man? you know, was it, it was just somebody sinned. Was it him or his parents? <laughs> and if it was him, how did he do it in the womb? I mean, hello. <laughs> Right. I, I just, I'm like, well, that's a, that's a, those are huge assumptions right there. And, uh, and Jesus says, yeah, no, you got it all wrong. Yeah. yeah. We have to be ready to, um, to have our neat little paradigm of what life is all about to be upended and to mm-hmm. be unpacked and to be challenged. And I mean, that's what Jesus was doing with the Pharisees I mean, they had it all figured out. They, they had their, their theological tools on the pegboard all perfectly laid out and, and outlined so you knew exactly where the tool went back again, and nothing was over the edges. It was just perfectly fit. And Jesus came and said, nah, 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 that level goes over here, you know, and, 
and and it just it, that, that's what just shook them so much and mm-hmm. the more convinced we are of our rightness of something the more difficult it may be for us to actually hear jesus exactly exactly which goes back to the first question how well <laughs> are we hearing oh are we listening yeah. how well are, are we, we willing listening? to be challenged are we willing to be challenged by him that's that's for me a, a key thought because I don't want to be challenged. I want an easy life. I want to think that I've got it all figured out. I want to walk in a way that is uh, that is the least you know the, the least difficult between two points. And yet Jesus might be calling something more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that we're all wrong. I'm not saying that we're all heretics. I'm saying that when we bring it down to different levels and we bring it down deeper in our lives, this thing about Jesus being light. That might speak to one individual in the relationship he has with his wife. That mm. might speak to another individual in, the, in, in how he is leading his business or a, a, a doctor and how she is guiding her patients. I mean, there's, um, uh, there are different layers that Jesus is speaking to us in this. So, you know, when I first studied this back in the early 90s, Jesus said one thing to me through it than he does now 30 years later. Oh, right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, um, yeah, it's so interesting that he does that. And I love the fact that you brought out that he could have spoken this miracle. He could have just said, you know, no, this man is not a sinner. His parents didn't like this happened to him. So that, so that the power, what does it say? So the power, the work of God might be displayed in his life. Like that's the purpose of this. And so therefore, here's the power I'm going to speak and he is going to be able to see. But that's not how he chose to, to, uh, that's not how he chose to perform the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Like in John chapter five, when he healed the uh, man who'd been paralyzed for 38 years, Mm -hmm. he didn't just say, go home. He said, pick up your mat and walk, (laughs) go ahead and do some work. (laughs) It's the Sabbath day. Yeah. I mean, as I, as I said multiple times, the details matter. You know, why right. did John include some of these things? Why did Jesus do it this particular way? Um, there's often a reason for it that we miss in our 21st century context. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, Michelle, I mean, anytime you write a sermon, those who have done it know this, that there are all kinds of things that pop up along the way that um, are very tempting for the exegete, the one who's, who's working through the text to say, oh, let's go down that road. Oh, and you yeah. have to keep going back to say, Lord, what do you want to present? Because that mm-hmm. one phrase right there, this, he is blind so that the power of God or the work of God might be made manifest in him. I mean, there's a sermon in that line right mm-hmm. there. With mm-hmm. the suffering people go through, with the difficulties, with the things that happen mm-hmm. uh, to them. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, it, the work of God does not always mean that you're going to succeed and do well in, in the world's eyes, right. but that there, or that you're going to be healed. Uh, the work just simply may be the perseverance you have, the faith that holds on. I mean, there's all kinds of things there. Mm-hmm. And I was really tempted to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we're talking about Jesus as the light. <laughs> And, and he is the light in that, in those places, right? And he brings light. Yes. You know, yes. We, we thought a little bit on Sunday morning, we thought a little bit about, um, about someone born blind who's never mm. seen light mm. and what, 
like just trying to even imagine what that would be like. All these sounds that you've heard, these colors that you've heard mention, but you've just been in darkness and you've been creating this world in your head, probably. Mm-hmm. And then to have Jesus open your eyes <laughs> so you can see like, oh my goodness, just the, yeah. the change. And, and, and I think, I, I, I mean, I thought about that too. And I want to guard against going too far with it because Jesus mm-hmm. did this as an illustration. Mm-hmm. And so we can go too far with it and say the man needed to be totally retrained in how to live in his, in his, in his new country. Well, it works too, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so let's just go ahead and take it too far. Uh, you know, so, so all of his life, this dear soul was tapping his way with a stick, was being led by the hand. Other people were helping him along the way. He couldn't do it on his own. He had to figure out what things were. How many times did he stub his toe? How many times did he try to figure out what the temple looked like in all of its beauty? Mm. Um, how many times did he, was he, did he feel hopeless and helpless and unable to do the things that he needed to do? And then, bam, Jesus comes in and light comes in and he suddenly sees everything as it actually is. And he is now having to learn a new way to walk his way through this world. He has to learn to trust what he's seeing as being real. You know, he has to learn perspective. Oh, look, I'm standing on the edge of a precipice. I shouldn't step off of it. Well, that's what depth perception looks like. I never figured that out before. I've always used my ears to figure this out. I mean, he had to learn new ways of actually navigating. And my guess is he had to have somebody take him along the way to say, watch this. You know, yeah. you throw this, can, can you see what you throw the ball? Oh, look at that. Look at it go. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. all these new things have to be learned. And that's the exact same thing with us. When Jesus breaks into our lives uh, and the light comes on, we've got all these old ways of doing things. He could go right. back to saying, give me my stick. Or he can say, okay, I'm going to stretch out and try to learn the new way because of the light that's come into my world. And I think there's a, there's an interesting and beautiful picture there of what it takes for us when Christ enters our lives to begin to enter into and walk into the new reality that we see. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and he's walking into a new reality physically and spiritually because yeah. here he is called in front of the religious leaders and they're like, what happened? You know? And, um, one of the things in this whole passage that really, which is a little bit off topic, but I'm going to go there anyway. Yeah, I go um, there anyway. That's why we're here. Yeah. It, you know, I just, I thought I was kind of imagining how he felt when his parents kind of hmm. dismissed him in front of the religious leaders. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, go ask him. No, I've, uh, you know, we don't have anything kind of like, we don't have anything to do with him. So just you ask him. And I just thought how hurtful that would have been, you know, even if it's, if, even if it's been the pattern of his life, because if they're living in the culture where somebody has sinned, either him or his parents, because he's born blind, like that could have, it could have been a part of his life, his whole life. Um, and so, but it still would have been really hurtful to hear that. And yet the work of God and of Jesus in his life for him to be able to see gave him the courage to just to stand up and to respond to the Pharisees and the Sadducees in ways that are, are, are almost comical. Like, 
oh, you want to be his disciples too? Like, let's go. Yeah, I mean, and, I can and, tell you again. And, and, and yet there's also a beautiful thing in there that, you know, this blind man has had nothing in his life. So he had nothing to lose. You know, right. he, it, really, he, what, what's he going to lose? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this newfound thing. No, Jesus, I, I, I once was blind and now I see and the difference is him. Yeah. And just staying off topic for a little bit, I, I wonder how much pain the parents experienced mm-hmm. at having a child born in this way, how much um, uh, innuendo was placed upon them. Well, what, what, it's one of your fault. You know that you guys yeah. did something, you know, um, and how and, that it could have destroyed their marriage and like oh, their relationship. And yeah, yeah. What did you it, do? No. What did you do? Yeah. Yeah. What are you hiding from me on this? Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and, and the pain of lost dreams, because this son of theirs was not going to be their social security system. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to be able to help them in their older years, but now they are the ones who are helping him. And he is a drain on society. And all. So, you know, uh, they're, they're wrestling through a brand new reality too, mm-hmm. uh, as, as they see their son and they're going, can this even be possible? You know, they're mm-hmm. trying to figure it out and they're fearful because really they, their son has benefited from the community all of his life. And so they are on the verge of being thrown out of that community, but they owe so much to that community. I mean, the tension that they're feeling is so significant and you can imagine what they're feeling as well. And, you know, we don't know what happens later on down the line. We know Nicodemus grows into it. Mm -hmm, I mean, he he comes in a little bit later in John and says, are we really doing, you know, Oh, he already did this in, in seven and eight. Um, uh, and then at the very end, he, he pops out and says, I'm, I'm here. And he goes with Joseph. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, you know, I wonder what the parents are growing through. And my guess yeah. is they're going to come to faith too. Yeah. I mean, how, yeah. It's a lot to wrestle with in the moment, like so, so suddenly. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's just a lot of healing to be done. And I just, the other thing I want to say about that is that, you know, towards the end of John nine, when, when the, the man who has been blind um, finds Jesus or Jesus finds him and says, do you believe? And he says, Lord, I do believe. And he worshiped him. And, and I, you know, I just, it just makes me, it just makes me think about the healing that Jesus brings. Even if that, the fact that, that, that this man worshiped Jesus didn't heal his relationship with his parents immediately, Mm -hmm. it healed him at a deep level. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, that's encouraging to me. Yeah. And, and, and the healing. So there are some healings that are instantaneous and there are some healings that take time. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you, Michelle. I think that, that Jesus heals us uh, perhaps first and foremost in our relationship with ourselves. I mean, yeah, our relationship mm-hmm. to God, that's an important one and our relationship right. to ourselves. but it's, it's always a process. Uh, the old expression is that we are saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. Mm. You know, we are healed, we're being healed, and we will be healed. The, mm-hmm. There will come a time when we're fully glorified, and mm-hmm. when our bodies are not bumping into vertigo anymore, when our, you know, when we're not mm. having the struggles that we have in this world, when our relationships aren't doing that anymore, our relationship right. with ourselves, we're not beating ourselves up. Man, I can't believe I did that again. I'm such an idiot, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, that the healing is this reality that Jesus does indeed bring our way. Yeah. 
He's the light that reveals the way to that healing. Yes, he is the light. And look how you brought that all back out together. <laughs> I love it. Any last, any last comments? Yeah, you know, um, I was reading today, uh, a little bit later down in the Gospel of John, and I forgot about how Jesus talks about this again. Mm. And he makes a, he says, he talks about light again. He summarizes it in John 12. Um, and he says, um, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So he reveals things, those things that are hidden, those things that uh, we can't see or fully discern hidden inside of me, hidden inside of my relationship. Why is my wife this way? Well, maybe it's not just her. Maybe there's something in me that needs to change too. You know, he reveals all these things. What's going, what's wrong with culture? How do I engage it? That type mm-hmm. of thing. But then he said something here in a few verses earlier than that. In, uh, in John chapter 12, um, verse 36, these are the last words that he says to the crowd before he breaks away for several chapters to be just with the disciples. That's the unique thing about John's gospel. He says this to the crowd before he slips away from them and hides himself from them. He says, put your trust in the light while you have it. Hmm. And I thought, wow. I mean, that's a, you know, we always have the light because Christ is in us. But I wonder if there's a way, if there's times when people can brush up against the light and they go, oh, I'll come back to another time. Hmm. And they end up drifting further away from the light. You know, Jesus was referring to the fact that he was still with them, that he hadn't been crucified right. on the cross, you know, that they right. still had a chance to see him and interact with him. But I, I couldn't help but take that a little bit further. Put your trust in the light while you still have the light. Um, while you are still living in that Christian home uh, as a guest there, while mm-hmm. you are uh, while you are still checking out that church before you walk away from it while you are still interested in the scriptures because there's something drawing you there, uh, before you close the book and say, ah, I'm just done with it, put your trust in the light while you still have it. Uh, there's something there in that phrase that just that struck me when I thought about what he was saying, who he was saying it to, and the transition John was about to make in his gospel. Hmm. So that's my final word on it. Yeah. Well, and I, as, I, as I'm looking at my notes, I was like, oh, yeah. I just also want to to say that, um, that question of who is Jesus Hmm. reveal, I I thought that, um, that comment in the sermon was so, so helpful. The question of who is Jesus gives insight into the question of who am I? And so just, I think, you know, these are groups of people we can consider and ask ourselves, which group do I fall into? Do I fall into the confused with the crowds? Do I fall into the conflict, into conflict, arguing and, stu- and arguing about conclusions about who is Jesus instead of acting on, on that? Do I feel cornered like the parents did? Um, or, or am I confident? Am I confident in that, that Jesus is the light of the world? And growing in that confidence too. I mean, mm-hmm. that was key. The, the, the man, you know, he is the man Jesus. Uh, he is a prophet. You want to be his disciple too? Mm-hmm. And then he worships him. So there's the, so I think that, you know, that our confidence, we always like, oh, the apostle Paul or, you know, yeah, but our confidence can grow. Do, do I, am I, am I living into Philippians three, that which I've already attained? Mm-hmm. Um, just, just believing what I can right now 
and applying that in my life. Great words. Yes. Yes. That growing and, and, and understanding that conflict slash opposition slash questions will help us grow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So ask the questions, work through it, deal with the conflict. And at the same time, trust the light that you have and allow that light to guide you a little bit further as you ask the question. Yeah, I don't understand how God can allow evil in the world, but I believe there's a God. Great. Let's keep walking that path a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for your time today. Well, on this day, on Groundhog Day, uh, 2022, there is another question that needs to be asked, Michelle. You want to go to snowman? (laughs) (laughs) Because we're in the middle of the snowstorm. This is, I realized the last time, so our snow, snowy day tradition is homemade cinnamon rolls. The last time I made homemade cinnamon rolls was Groundhog's Day 2014. (laughs) Because we had a huge snowstorm like this, but in Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to get up my cross country skis and come over for a cinnamon bun then. (laughs) There you go. Come on over. I have a lot. I've got two pans worth. Like this makes a lot. I forgot. (laughs) There's only three of us in the house. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Michelle, oh, thanks goodness. for your time today. Fun to talk yes. to you about this. Good yes. Stuff. Thank you, Rob. And uh, thank you to our audience for joining yes. us. And um, whether you joined us live or whether you joined us later on our blog or on our podcast, we were so glad you took some time to be with us today. Yes. And uh, we hope you have a great day. Stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.